You are tuned into episode 77. Hey, it's Davis here. Just a quick thank you to our sponsors for this podcast. Today in business, first impressions are so important. When people call you or your business, the first voice that they hear can make them form an opinion of you immediately. Instant voicemails can help with that. They provide professional, outgoing voicemail greetings in an instant. So simply go to instantvoicemails.com, pick the message that suits you and your business, and download it instantly. You can have a new professional, outgoing message in just minutes. I checked out their website, and this is legit. Beautiful voicemails that you can use for your business. And for our listeners for the Business Journal's podcast, you can get an additional 15% off your order by using the promo code GENERALS, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, that's GENERALS. So order now at instantvoicemails.com, that's instantvoicemails.com. Hey, welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Journals podcast once again. I am very excited to have you here on the show. It's Davis Mutaba, your host. I have a special episode for you today. I want to share a little bit more about my story. It's always good to to find out a bit more about um, stories that we have behind us, stories that have shaped what we're doing today, whether that's your story, whether that's my guest story or my own story. So today I wanted to share a little bit more about my story um, with regards to a time in my life when I was made redundant and I created a blog post about this, about this is going back two years ago now. And um, I love the feedback that I received. And before I get cracking into it, I will just share maybe one or two of the comments that I received once I shared this, just to motivate you that this is there's something good coming out of this for you to look forward to what I'm about to share and also to encourage you to share your message, to share your story, um, what has happened to your life. So listen to this first comment I received. So this was a really nice comment um, from a gentleman called Ronald. And he says, if as individuals, we think and maintain a positive mind and outlook, this world of ours can be a better place. Thank you so much, Ronald, for your feedback, for your comment. Um, love to hear from you once again, if you're listening I hope all is well. Another comment I got was from a gentleman called Brendan, and he said, I am enjoying your articles, nice attitude, and clearly you work hard, and this is always a recipe for success. Thanks for sharing. I won't share any more comments. If you want to check out those comments, go to my LinkedIn blog profile and look at five things redundancy and social welfare taught me. That is what I want to share about today. Five things that redundancy and social welfare taught me back when the GFC hit Australia. Uh, I don't know where you were in the world, but we're talking 2008, 2009. That is when I was made redundant from my finance manager job. So you are listening to the Business Journals podcast, and this is Davis Mutabo, and I'm sharing my story. So this is what happened. And I remember it just like it was yesterday. It was a Friday afternoon. I thought it was just going to be, you know, just like a normal Friday. Um, driving down the freeway, so I always go down, down the, the freeway, the eastern freeway here in Melbourne, get to work. I would, I'd have my marmalade on toast. I'd have my tea and, uh, working on the financial statements for publishing to, to the Australian Stock Exchange for a company that I was working for in the 
um, farming and egg production, dealing with a lot of the supermarkets here in here in Australia. At about 4 p.m., 4 p.m. in the afternoon, everything changed. I had a knock on my door. Actually, I got a call from the CFO's office saying, Davis, can you come over to my office? Went in there and I found the legal counsel was also present. And I felt this was a little bit unusual. Um, and I thought, you know, there must be something here happening. But um, I didn't think it was going to be a redundancy. But I did get that letter. So the conversation went, you know, you're aware of the fact that the company has not been doing that well. And uh, we have been looking at ways to reduce the headcount because that's the first place accountants look, heads of businesses look once you start looking at reducing your costs and your overhead. You look at, you know, what roles can be consolidated together? What work can we stop doing? What work can we do better? You know, what prices can we change and all this? So you start looking at the different facets of your profit and loss account. One of the key things is labor, headcount. How many people do we really need in order to scrape by while the business turns the corner and then we can rehire, we can, you know, those fanciful things that we're doing around the edges, we can stop doing them for now and uh, focusing on the core skills, core core tasks. So businesses always look at headcount. So I was one of the last people in as a finance, as a finance manager um, or in the finance team and I was one of the first people to leave. So I was made redundant. I can still feel it right now as I'm, spe- as I'm speaking. I'm sharing this with you. It's a very, very humbling experience. I had until about five o'clock, 5.30. I had about an hour to make my way out, grab my little box, put everything in the box. I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't bitter because the people that had hired me to be the finance manager had me there and they loved what I was doing. I was there for nine months and we, we had made a few changes to the business and you know sent a few things around achieved a couple of the goals that I was hired for. But bottom line, I knew that the company was struggling. The shareholders were putting pressure on us as the executive team, uh, as a senior leadership team, and there was so much going on. But I just didn't expect that it would happen that afternoon, that very day, because we were in the middle of just about to publish the financial statements. We had auditors in, and I was running all of that piece. So I just thought, at least they would give me a couple of weeks to settle all of that because there's always this concept in our minds that nobody else can finish off from where we're doing or everything we're doing is critically important. We're the only people who can do that. And that is a genuine thought that we have because we love our work, we, we value our work and we value ourselves and our skills. But the reality kind of hits to say, well, who's going to finish? And, and you find out that there's people who will be able to finish your work if you had to step out of that organization today or tomorrow or if they needed to change things up, there's always skills available to do what we do. And that's a sobering thing, but it's the reality. If you think about the job that you're doing today, the work that you're doing, somebody else was doing that before you, but you managed to pick up the work, pick up the pieces, and you're doing a great job at it. So that was a quick reality check for me. And um, in my mind, I was a little distracted because uh, my wife had major surgery scheduled that weekend, and um, everything just wasn't... You know, in the time where I was expecting that to happen. So I got back to my office, made the call to my wife. I told her, hey, Precious, um, we're out of a job. Uh, we didn't really have a plan B whatsoever. We were all in or nothing in that job. Single income family with a mortgage. Very, very scary. I'm sure somebody listening can relate. It was a real blessing for us in a sense, though, because we, we had just sold our home at the time and were getting ready to invest in into a, another business that we're, we had been planning for to become our secondary source of income, which was a student 
real estate business. And so we had sold our property, our family home, and we're, we're actually going to be planning on renting so that we can invest that money into uh, an investment property that we can then use for this business project. So everything kind of happened at the same time. And it wasn't going to be happening in that sense because this was right in the middle of the GFC. So I got a couple of calls from recruiters, say, come and do an interview, come and do an interview. But it all fell in a big heap and it all went absolutely quiet. It was just crickets. Nobody was leaving their jobs. No recruiters were returning calls. It was like six months, not one interview. And being a chartered accountant in the Australian market, you generally get interviews. You generally get opportunities to even do contract work. But that was just a crazy, crazy time. So I put this together. I wanted to share five things that I learned that may be helpful for you or a friend that you know or a loved one that you know who might be experiencing one of these out-of-body experiences where you're kind of standing on the side and thinking, is this really me? Is this really happening? Have I just lost my income? Um, did I just spend a whole four weeks, burn through my first month's um, pay, if you get paid out a couple of months or whatever, and no job, no income coming in? What am I going to do? So if you're having one of these experiences, I want you to pay attention. We're going to be creating show notes, um, show highlight reel for your special bonus highlight reel for you, just so that you do not have to take notes and you can basically just take it all in, listen in, and then you can go to, I'll give you the URL where you can go and download your special PDF highlight reel of all the things that I'm sharing here today. Go to businessgenerals.com forward slash redundancy lessons businessgenerals.com forward slash redundancy lessons and download your free PDF highlight reel. And also while I'm on that point, remember to press subscribe on your podcast player so that you do not miss an episode. Awesome. So back to the story. Being on social welfare was not fun. This is number one point I want to make um, in terms of the lessons that I learned through that experience, um, going through the global financial crisis and going through redundancy. And by the way, the payout that I got, I had only been at the company for nine months. And generally, you get paid roughly about four, five, six weeks for your first year of tenure in a business. And then about maybe two to four weeks for every year uh, of tenure after that. So you can imagine I'd been with the same company prior to that, a chartered accounting firm, between four to eight years, if you count my overseas tenure. So it was a, a significantly long enough time to have received a decent payout. But when you resign, you don't get a payout. You just get paid your annual leave. So I transitioned into this new role, bigger pay, really good salary, um, but only for nine months. So my payout was literally for about five five weeks, and that was it. So it was really walking, walking on a tight rope. But here's number one. I found out that being on social welfare is not fun. Up until this point, I had no idea where the nearest welfare office was. And frankly, I didn't even understand how the whole system worked. To be honest, I don't even think I understand how that system works right now. But what I quickly found out was that the social welfare system does provide a safety net for families. But basically, this is all it's designed to do. Just provide a safety net. And most likely, it's only going to be covering your rent. It's not going to cover your car payment. So we had a fancy European car at the time. And... You know, it had a financier listed on it. You miss a couple of payments. And every time you're driving out of the driveway, you're wondering, has somebody been sent to come and take this car away? And you're always on the phone, always dodging bullets. And you just want to make sure there's no sheriff around. That's my experience. You don't want to be on welfare. 
you're you're lowering the bar too low. If you have no choice, take that option if it's offered to you. Number two, should I have started preparing sooner? The answer is yes. So in my opinion, the social welfare system is not ready to help you professionally get back into a good role. Things may have changed, but I'm pretty sure they have not changed dramatically. Yes, there's teams that are assigned by the system to help you write a resume, prepare you for an interview. But in my experience, they don't even know how to do that in in a lot of detail, in a lot of ways. Generally, the first sort of six weeks to 12 weeks, there's just a five-minute conversation. You go to to a couple of workshops. Now, if you've never written a resume for whatever reason, if you've never been to a job interview because, you know, you got your first job through a family business and then it's been all in a relationship, this will be a great help for you. But if you're like, you know, you've been in a corporate role, you've been working in your trade, in your craft, and you've got a professional resume already done, you've attended interviews before, there is very little help that they're going to be giving you at those initial stages. The help is there, which is great because it provides some emotional assistance. They've got different networks that they can help with. But it's not designed for somebody who has gone and done some good studying and has got some good experience. Um, for my personal experience, that's not what I found to be extremely helpful. So my recommendation is don't rely on the social welfare system to be your backup plan. It's a painful experience. You do not want to be found in that position unless you have no choice. And it can be argued we all have a choice to start preparing. It took me six months just to get a contract role, and we had not started on our plan B, so that was a bit of an issue. Here's my tip. Can your savings last you six months? If not, then you need to start putting together a savings plan that will help you create that plan B source of income for you and for your family. If it's not a savings plan, if six months is too long to create a savings plan, which in some cases it could be, then you want to work on how am I going to pay my rent for six months? How am I going to pay for my car payments for six months? Or how am I going to reduce my car payment so that maybe I can pay off my car while I can so that maybe the only major overhead I've got is my rental or my mortgage and my my gas and electricity, my major utilities. How can I at least cover those from a business that I can do on the side, from a freelancing opportunity that I can find on the side? You know, you can do Fiverr, Fiverr.com allows you to become a freelancer on the weekends or in the evenings. There's 24 hours in a day. We probably generally spend 8 to 12 hours working in our in our roles, in our businesses or whatever it is that we're doing or in our families if we're stay-at-home parents. Then there's a few hours left over that generally we would spend watching the TV, watching the news, etc. If you stop watching the news every single day, that return an extra half an hour, one hour of your time that you could then start to reinvest in starting a new project that could generate for you maybe after, I don't know, after how long, but after a while that can start to generate some income for you that you can use towards creating a plan B income. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're enjoying this. You are listening to the Business Generals podcast. This is a special solo episode by me, Davis Mutabwa, your host, and I am talking about the five lessons that I learned from redundancy, which I went through in 2008-2009 during the global financial crisis. So the third lesson was have an open mind. Find a coach and model them. So in November 2008, my wife and I attended a real estate coaching seminar with a great friend of ours now um, name of, by the name of Ruben Saravanathan. And the concept was 
residential property subleasing. We had never heard of this approach to generating cash flow. It sounded very interesting. Life got in the way as things do, and we didn't really do anything with it. We had invested a good amount of money um, to go and attend the course, uh, but we actually didn't do much with it. So what happened was immediately following my redundancy, we decided to hire um, Ruben again and invested more money. From the money we got from the redundancy, we invested money. And from the money we got from the sale of the house, we invested some more money into this project. What did we do? We went around, knocked on real estate doors, found a real estate agent, who was willing to lease a property that that was under their supervision to us so that we can subdivide that property and furnish it for students who were around the one of the university areas here in Melbourne called Deakin University that's what we that's where we started our first our first business here in Australia now we'd obviously tried other online or online projects like eBay and that was starting to to get a little bit of traction but but really, this was the first one. So we acquired a lease contract that permitted us to sublease about, it was a seven bedroom house. It could take nine students. The beauty of this was this property was already furnished at the time because somebody else had been doing a similar business prior to us. So all the real estate agent needed was my bank statement, my sort of um, income range that I'd been generating prior to that. And because it was very, very close to when I had lost my, my job, everything was still looking pretty good. So the owner of the property was fine. We already had a couple of students who were in the building, so we paid a little bit more, and then we started filling up the property. So that was our first venture. We operated this for about two and a half years. It was relatively part-time hours because you can't really stay at the one house just doing you know nothing. You don't really need to be at the one house for eight hours a day. So basically, we filled up the house there was always a challenge though, and I want to be transparent with this. There was always a challenge to fill up the whole house all the time. Your profit in this type of business, if you're not, if you don't own the property, is always in that final bedroom. Now, there's probably a couple of people who've done this business before or who've thought about doing this business, and I do run a, a workshop on this, on how to set up a subleasing business if you're looking for a, a plan B income stream. And if you're interested, email me dmutabwa at hotmail.com. Sorry, dmutabwa at outlook.com. That's dmutabwa at outlook.com. Email me there. And if you're interested, we can have a chat about how I can help you move forward in a property subleasing business. The premise is very simple. You go to a real estate agent, find out if they've got any landlords who are willing to have their property subleased. So you furnish each of the rooms, you put a lock on each of the bedrooms, and you, you basically lease out each room room by room on a standalone lease. They share the common areas. And because it's you providing sort of an Airbnb type experience without basically the cleaning and all that kind of jazz, they can pay a higher rental. So the market here is probably about $150 a week per room. So if you're in if you're in the Melbourne market, the Australian market, you can get a sense for that. I'm sure it's going to translate very similarly to whatever market you're in. And then you might be paying a rental of about maybe two to $3,000 a month. And so you can generate your revenue, depending on how many bedrooms you have in a property. You can actually take living rooms and put temporary subdivisions over maybe the dining room area if it's not being used or the study, convert that into into a bedroom. So you generally might end up from a three bedroom house with two living rooms. You might end up with four bedrooms or even five bedrooms just with a small, smaller sort of lounge area whatever options you can make. Some people convert garages into bedrooms, depending on council regulations, that might be an issue. So I've gone a little bit deeper than I was expecting to go in this, but if that topic resonates, send me 
an email, reach out to me and my team. You can reach us at dmutabwa at outlook.com or businessgeneralspodcast at outlook.com. So evaluate all options that come your way and don't discount them on face value based on non-expert opinions. There's people who are providing opinions to you that are not experts in what they're saying to you. They've never walked that path. Discount those opinions. Focus on the opinions coming from people who have been through what you want to experience, have achieved the things you want to achieve, and focus in on those, those opinions. It could just be listening to a podcast like this. It could be buying a book. It could be going to a workshop of somebody who has proven to have walked that path. And you can look at the testimonials. You can pick up the phone and call the people that that person has helped. And then you know that you can listen to their opinion and start to follow what they're teaching. Number four lesson I learned. The previous one was having an open mind. Number four is consider taking a pay cut to get back in the game. So following two back-to-back contract roles, I decided to go for a permanent role that was in an industry I didn't have a lot of experience in, so I decided that I was willing to take a pay cut in order to get back in the game. Plus, I was still running my enterprise, so I didn't want the long hours of my previous full-time roles, and I was also preparing to study for my master's in finance. So I got the role, and I started working through the balancing act of the three things that were all happening at the same time. The workload became too intense, so I had to make a few changes um, to the model and opted to get back into school more, leave the real estate space, and basically invest into other project that's that, that were coming along for us, which were more online-based and uh, distribution-based. So that's what we did. Consider taking a pay cut. That was a big thing. But over time, you get back to where you're supposed to be. Probably took me about two years to get back to the previous income levels that I was on. But you know that's, sometime, that's something that you might have to consider and think about and execute on. Number five, this is the last one. Find a plan B option that works for you. An online distribution platform whether this means you create a blog that you start to distribute your content through free content through whether you create a youtube channel i'm so excited one of um the young people that my wife and i mentor has just started a youtube channel he's got a, a t-shirt brand before this so one one of these good days we're going to get him on this podcast and uh it's so exciting to see that you can go and leverage an online platform that can allow you to reach people it could be ebay it could be etsy it could be ebooks Whatever options that can allow you basically to start something on the side, I talked about the Fiverr platform. You can go to Upwork. You can go to things like 99designs. If you're very, very skilled um, at sort of computer and finance work, you can look at a a website called TopTow. I believe um, they've got MBA graduates. They've got very skilled computer designers and people like that. So you can apply to those types of platforms. And then work starts to flow through to you. So what is that plan B going to look like for you? What option will work for you? Last week, I interviewed um, a gentleman by the name of Anthony Anarino, and he started a blog in 2009, and he made a decision to post a blog post every single day. And he said to me, Davis, I have done that every single day since 2009. And what was amazing is after 10 months of him sharing his ideas, and this was a model that he he modeled from the sales guru, Seth Godin. And Anthony is also in sales. So it was, he calls his thesalesblog.com. Check it out, thesalesblog.com. And he said to me, Davis, after 10 months, I had received my first speaking gig. And he nominated a speaking appearance fee that he felt was 
pretty high and according to industry standards it's still considered high for your first gig and the software company a large software company he tells me that hired him didn't even but an idea they just said to him anthony send us the contract to which he was kicking himself thinking i should have charged more my point is this he started a blog and he was producing he says to me the best content he had the best tips he had he put everything out on the line through his daily blog and he's built over 80,000 followers 80,000 subscribers to his blog that he writes every single day and this year he started a youtube channel i watched his first youtube um post and he says he's going to produce a youtube video every single day just the same way he did for his blog because he wanted now to reach people on the youtube channel on the video medium and he's already produced over 200 episodes the only reason he hasn't produced more is when he's on the road hasn't worked out how that works and he's got over 4000 youtube subscribers probably a lot of them is a new audience so what am i saying find a platform that works for you find a means that can help you start to generate something on the side leverage your skills leverage your passion if you're here in, in australia if you're in europe if you're in the us there's amazon amazon has said they're coming to australia so we're getting ready here to look at how, what does Amazon mean for people here in, here in Australia? What does Amazon mean for people who are already in markets where it's established, like the US? Can you leverage that platform? Because it's growing. More people want to shop online rather than in line at the supermarket or at, at a, a big shopping center. So think about those things and I challenge you to find a way that actually works for you. So do your research. Find a plan B cash flow model that will work for you and your family. Just remember to ignore the skeptics. Trust me, they will not help you pay for your mortgage. Focus in on the people who know what you want to achieve and who have done it before you. And my final remark is this. This too shall pass. If you're in the middle of it, just know that it will pass. You can't always avoid being made redundant. But do your best to put a plan together to help you get through it in case it happens. And just remember that whatever you may be going through today it too shall pass so stay strong that was it if you found this valuable please share it give us a comment in the in the comment section on our on our website we would love to hear your story go to businessgenerals.com forward slash redundancy lessons to download your special pdf highlight reel on everything that i have shared here today so thank you so much ladies and gentlemen for hanging out with me here on the business generals podcast i hope you got your hopes up that you are good enough to chase your dreams and if you enjoy that episode leave us a review on itunes we'll be sure to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode and just jump on to businessgenerals.com forward slash redundancy lessons to grab your free pdf highlight reel reach out to us business generals podcast at outlook.com and we would love to hear from you Thank you so much for being here with me. You are a true business general. A message from our sponsors, instantvoicemails.com. Today in business, first impressions are so important. When people call you or your business, the first voice that they hear can make them form an opinion about you immediately. And instant voicemails can help with that. They provide professional, outgoing voicemail greetings in an instant. So simply go to instantvoicemails.com that's instantvoicemails.com and pick the message that suits you and your business and download it instantly you can have a new professional outgoing message in just minutes and for the listeners of the business generals podcast you can get an additional 15 percent off your order 
by using the promo code GENERALS, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, GENERALS. Order now at instantvoicemails.com. That's instantvoicemails.com. Thanks, guys.